Welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you one more time from Lorraine, Ohio. Very happy that you tuned in to, for the program. And uh, we're just going to continue, David. Um, I'm in the office here with my good friend David Abood. Hey, David. John. <clears throat> Great to be here with you again today. And uh, last week we started this very interesting study. Some consider the book of Job the oldest book in the Bible. Yeah. We know it's kind of time-dated way back to the time of the patriarchs because you don't see any mosaic law mm -hmm. or sacrifices in there so there's a lot of indicators this is an extremely old book but we're happy for everybody that tuned in like i said this is wnzn 89.1 fm radio from lorraine ohio if you're having any difficulty hearing <clears> us <throat> if there's any static i know if you go too far out of range uh, you may want to go to your um computer your ipad even your phone you can pick it up actually we pick it up on alexa you know, we have that in our home. Oh, yeah. Alexa. And, uh, yeah. But you simply go www.wnzn.org. Uh, WNZN.org. So having said that, we're going to jump right in. Uh, last week, we kind of got into the book of Job, opened it up. And there's several things that jump out at us, David. And uh -huh. one is that he was considered a very upright, righteous man. In other words, when he has all these troubles... There's they they can't figure out why would a, a good man, a righteous man, have troubles like he's going to have. And yeah. There was a famous book written, a best-selling book written about 20 years ago, that said why do bad things happen to good people? Well, Job was like one of the best people when you look yeah. for an explanation. Yeah. And what happens as the book opens up? A lot of things happen, but number one, his friends are going to start gathering around him. Three of his friends. They're going to try to say, are you sure you did anything wrong? Are you sure you didn't do this? And we're going to look at the whole issue of suffering. Uh, why is there suffering yeah. in the world? Is there any benefits to suffering? And we're just going to kind of go through that as we study Job. So <clears throat> one thing was interesting, David, in the study of Job, maybe you can illuminate on it. But when the curtain opens, we see that it's just not what's going on here on earth. Yeah. The curtain is pulled and we see into the heavenly realm. Maybe you can mention about that, the whole thing with Satan coming before God and there's this challenge. Yeah, so it, um, you know, I, I think it's important to, you know, to note when we take a look even, I'm going to digress, when you take a look back at the problem of evil, you really have to start in the beginning with Genesis 1 and 2. Right. And we see that God is the creator of the cosmos. We also saw that he created everything good and humans were very good. Humans had a close relationship with God. They were destined to be a blessing to creation and to others. However, he gave us a choice because he loved us. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we disobeyed him. And that choice led to the exile, sin, and death. Right. It, you know, everybody blames God, but you really got to go back to the beginning. Now, now this, this is where it ties in to what you were talking about too, um, you, you also have to recognize that the choice was all, that God also created spiritual beings, angels. Yeah. And right. they were given the same choice. And then Satan decided, you know, I want to be just like God. I'm the most beautiful. I sit right next to him. I should be God. Mm -hmm. And obviously there was a challenge in heaven. He was thrown out with, uh, I don't know, a bunch of other angels. And so what you have then is you have uh, the issue of humans disobeying, having these issues, but also the supernatural realm, like you mentioned, right. where the spiritual beings that are not for God and the success 
of people following God. Right. They're in the mix every day, whether whether we want to believe it or not. And that's where the supernatural realm comes in. Having said that, to your point, uh, Satan is under the complete authority of God, which is very confusing to a lot of people. Right. And it was very confusing to me when I first met you and you started to show me this scripture. And I'm like, wait a second, John. Mm-hmm. Satan is actually going in front of God on a regular basis and telling him what he's doing and asking for permission to create chaos right. like he did with Job. That's really hard to understand and really was hard for me to uh, grasp. And, and, you know, so I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, really? So I, I guess, you know, hopefully, um, you know, that's a good lead in from there. Yeah, right. And so, in other words, everything that's happening on Earth isn't everything that's happening on Earth because we don't see the full picture. Right. And uh, as a result of that, we, 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 we don't have a complete view. It's almost like... If you have a toddler in your house, yeah. well, he doesn't understand you're paying the bills, you're making yeah. taxes, you yeah. go off to work each day, you got to check the fuse box, yeah. you got to. He all he knows yeah. is there's food on the table, and he's yeah. got a little playpen, he's got. He's very limited. He's still in the house, but so too we're here. Yeah. We just don't see behind the curtain, <clears throat> so to speak, and that's no. why it says in Deuteronomy, twenty nine twenty nine, um, the secret things belong to God. And to him alone, but the things that he has revealed, he's revealed to us and to our children, which means there is actually number one, there's things that God has not revealed to us. Some right. of this has to do with a lot about evil and suffering and yeah. the age to come and all these kinds of things. Right. But he has revealed to us a lot. And even in this book of Job, when he pulls the curtain, we say, Oh wow, there's this whole spiritual mm-hmm. realm. We're not it's just not <clears throat> all material, you know, what happens in this world. But to your point, Satan is a real agent of, of, of harm. He's mm-hmm. a being without a body. Yeah. And he wings around in the atmosphere. He's called yeah. the prince and power of the air. But he's limited. And that's why when you look at Luke chapter 22, verse 31, Jesus says to Peter, Simon, Simon, mm-hmm. indeed, Satan has asked for you that he might sift you like wheat. In other words, destroy you. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen the brothers. Yeah. In other words, but notice he says he wanted you. He, yeah. he, he wanted legal rights on you or mm-hmm. something to destroy you. Maybe after Peter betrayed Jesus, remember when the, the, the rooster crowed three yeah. times? Yeah. What if he went out and hung himself? Right. Judas did that, but Peter didn't. Right. Peter went out and wept yeah. tears, big mm-hmm. tears. Well, was that because Jesus prayed, he right. repented, he restored him, and Satan couldn't grab him? Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. We don't understand this stuff. Well, you know, so then it, again, John, so I guess God allowed Job's suffering to commence in order to show Satan and the other armies of heaven how much Job loved him and cherished God over all of his possessions and even his family. I mean, do you think, because that's really what the, I guess, the... The, the center of the storyline that God would allow this to happen and have Satan, you know, kill his family, take all of his material possessions, um, you know, just to demonstrate, you know, is is that is that the right way to look at that? Yeah, or? I mean, that's a good question or a point yeah. of interest. A um, couple things come out when you read the Book of Job. We're not going to cover the whole Book no. of Job, of yeah, course. No, it's long. Um, 
although next week we might look at Jesus in the book of Job. There's a lot of parallels with Jesus in the book of Job. But um, one thing is, is, is that comes through in the book of Job is the sovereignty of God. Mm. He's going to do what he's going to do for reasons that we don't fully understand. Yeah. Number two is the mystery of God. We don't understand. That's why he yeah. says in Isaiah... Yeah. My ways are not your yes. ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. In all honesty, we don't even know how our body runs. Yeah. You know, I'm not thinking right now, hey, right. heart, keep beating. Right. Uh, hey, right. hey, blood, keep streaming through. When yeah. I sleep at night for eight hours, we don't. I didn't understand my own yeah. body in right. any way. How right. can I understand these universal yes. principles and what God is doing? All the so dynamics. Yep. There's the sovereignty, uh-huh. but also there's this idea of, that God is working out a plan. Yeah. And, he, and one of the things we're going to look at, David, we'll go right to it. Why is there suffering and what does the Bible say about suffering? Yes. So if you look at the Gospel of John, chapter 9, we're going to get into this. And it ties into what you just brought out of, of what, what's God trying to achieve, perhaps, in, in the gospel, in the book of Job. John 9. Uh, John, chapter 9. Yep. And uh, if you read, um, just read verse uh, 1 and 2. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? Okay, so here's a guy. He never had a chance. He wasn't blinded because he had an accident. He wasn't blinded at his own fault. You know, he stared at the sun or something crazy. He's blind from birth. And so right away, the disciples say, who is to blame? Who sinned? Yeah. His parents or this man. Right. See, they're trying to make a connection. Sure. What we call causality. A, you know, yeah. A plus B equals C. Well, Jesus responds, look what he says in verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. There you go. Yeah. Somehow God is going to use this unfortunate situation with this blind man to display the works of God. Yeah. Now think about that when we think about the book of Job. Right. What does the book of Job show? It showed, like you said earlier, that this man could be faithful even when his whole world is literally crumbling before yes. him. Yeah. You know, he, he, he wouldn't give up on God, you know, even though his wife says, why don't you just curse God and die, yeah. right? But <laughs> well. now, as my good friend says, the problem with Job is he didn't have the book of Job. True. Thousands of years later, we have the book of Job, right? True. And we can gain a lot of strength from yes. that, a lot of insight yes. that God is bringing out his plan. Right. God is for us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Right. But according to this John chapter 9, this guy is going to be an object lesson, if I can say that. He's going yeah. to, God is going to display that he can heal somebody who was blind from birth. That was never done in the Old Testament. Never. Yeah. Right. Okay. Recorded, at least. Right. Jesus is going to do that, and as a result of that, this guy is going to come to faith, this poor blind man. And so all of a sudden, God is glorified. There's a lot in this chapter, but it's the idea that he couldn't see Jesus. He didn't call out on Jesus like sometimes the blind guys did. Jesus just sovereignly went over to him and says, go, puts mud on him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, verse 7. He goes, and then he has his eyesight. And nobody can understand. They go, how did this happen? Tell us what happened. And, of course, he has a testimony. He says, once I was blind, now I see. And Jesus goes, finds him after they kick him out of the, t- out of the temple. John chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus heard that they cast him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of God? He said, who is he, Lord, that I might... And Jesus said, you have been both seeing him 
and it is he who is talking with you now. And he says, I believe. Yeah. You see how yeah. it led to him, as great as his eyesight, physical yeah. eyesight, his spiritual eyesight, he came to salvation that day. So God yeah. was glorified, I guess is what I'm saying. Yes, and, and probably the same then for Job, right, John? It's So the purpose was to demonstrate God's value and glory in Job because, to your point, after a while he started to get, uh, I guess, angry a little bit with God, saying, look, I've done everything for you. I've been loyal to you. Why are you doing this to me? And, you know, I, I wrote this down. Pastor John Piper wrote, it's not uh, what happened to Job. It's not a sign of God's anger. Job's pain is not the pain of an executioner's whip, but the pain of the surgeon's scalpel. The removal of the disease of pride is the most loving thing God could do, no matter what the cost. And and he started. Job did start to get prideful mm. when the when when everything continued for him. Right, the the you know the disease, the sores, you know. I guess he started to get a little bit prideful about everything he was doing. How could God do this to him? Well, he despairs too. He doesn't, yeah. you know, he says, I'd be better if I'd not been born. You know, yeah. he, and then, then he questions God. We're going to get to that. Right. Uh, because um, he doesn't realize, you know, all that's going on. That's that's the point. I mean, it's like people we know today, David, real tragedy might strike them, yeah. a real situation, mm -hmm. and they can't fathom it. They yeah. might be like really good Christians. They right. might be righteous people. Right. But... There's people around the world that are very godly, and they're being thrown in prison. Yeah, their heads are being lopped off. You know, it's they're, they're the good people. They're they holy are. people. Yeah, because why? Because this life is short. You see, and it just it's passing. Now, um, we don't know God's ways, as I said. It says in Isaiah, yeah. His ways are not our ways. He's working out His plan here. But um, I think He's given us enough information about suffering. We'll look at some different instances. But one of the things about suffering is to glorify God. Yeah. And you'll see this. Yes. If we turn to Peter, uh, there's a very interesting thing in 2 Peter um, chapter 3. Uh, let me go here. Uh, Peter 2? Yeah. What are you going to have there? Uh, well, uh, Peter 2 or Peter 3? Oh, I'm sorry. It's actually um, uh, 1 Peter. Oh, okay. Uh, 1 Peter chapter uh 2, okay. verse 18. Uh, okay. Uh, you can read 18 sure. through 21 if you want. 18 through 21. Uh -huh. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So here we see yeah. that suffering could actually make us stronger. Yes. Because we're we're realizing that we're bringing glory to God. You see, I mean, the ultimate yeah. innocent suffering was Jesus. He did oh, nothing wrong. Yeah. He did not only mm -hmm. good, right? Yeah. But right. How, how was he glorified? How was God glorified? It was through the crucifixion. And Jesus, yeah. in his physical, of course, he says three times, if it be thy will, take yeah. this cup of suffering from me. Right. Nevertheless, not my will. So suffering can actually bring glory to God. Now, I'll give you an example. A lot of our listeners may know 
by the way, this is WNZN Radio, 89.1 FM on your, on your station. Um, Johnny Erickson Tata, okay? Mm -hmm. This girl, I think, was 18 years old. Was in a dive, she's very athletic. She jumps in off a pier, off a platform in the water, a dock. But the water's shallow. She doesn't yeah. realize that. And she hits her head, yeah. and she's paralyzed from her head, neck down. Quadriplegic. Is that yeah, quadriplegic? Yeah, right. She came to it, and she, she's going through all these. She's 19, 18, 19, young girl. In the hospital, depressed, getting all these painkillers. Then they finally say, this is your situation. You're not going to think we can't yeah. heal this nervous system. It's gone. And she despairs. It's in her book called Johnny, J-O-N-I. Yeah. But then she comes to Christ, and she and God ministers mm -hmm. through His Holy Spirit, through His Word, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. She learns how to paint with her mouth portraits, paintings of nature, beautiful. Then she gets a burden for un, um, disabled people, and she starts talking at seminars, Billy Graham Crusades. Then she develops this wheelchair prosthetic thing around the world. I saw him in Thailand where they refer get old oh wheelchairs gosh. and she refer it's all worldwide wow. now. And then she's a great teacher, Bible teacher. She's about seventy years old now, right? Oh my gosh. But she took that pain, that suffering, but after a while she didn't say, Okay, why did you deal me these cards? Why did you make this happen to me? She took it and used it to the glory of God. And everybody that thinks of her or knows anything said this person is incredible, just glorifies God. She's helping people and she's sharing the word of God, but she just glorifies God. Same thing with this guy out of Australia. I don't know if you ever saw him. He has no arms, no legs. He was born with no arms and no He just gets around like walking like this. But he, wow. he's a very strong Christian. Yeah. And he came to Thailand to speak yeah. at a stadium. Oh, wow. It was filled oh, up. Oh, my gosh. He jokes around, he this. He doesn't have, you know, but now how can people do that? Because a lot of people, that's the end of the line. They're going to take their life or, you know, because suffering, really, it's it's kind of cliched, but really suffering is either going to make you bitter or it's going to make you better. So it's really, truly a test of our faith. It could be a test of faith. Yeah. Not always. Now, we're going to look at some suffering uh -huh. is just comes from wrong decisions. Yeah. People, I mean, if a guy smokes a pack of cigarettes oh, today. Yeah. And he gets lung cancer at age 35. Right. That suffering is self-inflicted. Yes. You see, and yep. the Proverbs talks about the fool. He doesn't know how to walk. He walks and falls in the ditch. People all over the world, all over America, are making yeah. wrong daily decisions, um, whether it's drugs, right. uh, alcohol, right. uh, cigarettes, lifestyle. Yeah. Um, young people, especially high-risk behavior, mm -hmm. they're racing cars, they're mm -hmm. jumping off this. So that's self-inflicted. Yeah. You see, so there is suffering, and that's a, kind of like a warning system God has given us. Don't like tell the little child, "Hey, don't <laughs> touch the hot oven. Don't put your finger in the socket." You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and so their pain can be good in a sense. It's a warning. It's a warning for the rest of us. Don't go that direction. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is you know uh, you when you look at Christ, you know he he was without sin. He did nothing wrong. He died for our sins, and really the entire Bible is about him. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, and, and I say that again because you know um, you and I discussed that, and that when, when that became clear to me 
all the stories resonated. Right. Because then I start looking at Joseph and Abraham, and it's all about the story of Christ when he comes into the planet and some of his future activities and actions. Right. And the way he talks, too. You know, you get quotes uh, throughout the Bible that represent some of the things that Jesus said to, to fulfill the prophecies. But I think the other thing, too, John, uh, you know, before Christ left, he, you know, his biggest command to us in what, Matthew 18, it, he said, you know, go out and create other disciples. Matthew 28. Matthew uh-huh. 28. And, um, and so when you think about that, sometimes, and you've told me this, Dave, if you, if you can't, you know, if you don't have all the quotes figured out for a person's particular situation in the Bible, just tell your own story. Yeah, right, right. In, in your own testament, your own story of faith stuff that you suffered through and how God redeemed you and made you stronger. And it's kind of like that. Uh, Because in the end, as Piper said, you know, it really is a surgeon's scalpel because he does turn us around and, and makes a better, a better being, you know, by the suffering, especially if you're walking uh, as a Christian in his light. Because Uh, Jesus even said in this world, you will have persecution or tribulation. Right. But it's a fact. All of us are going to die. I mean, now we try to put that off, and we try yeah. to, you know, stay have a long life, hopefully. But that's that's a, that's that's coming, you know. Yeah. But also, with life comes loss. Right. Anybody, let's say anybody that lives to be a hundred years old, you know, they've done these studies. I think it's called Blue Ocean Studies, where the people, this guy went yeah, around the I, world. Yeah, I have the book. It's interesting. I love. I was always fascinated. It was called. It's the Centurions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They live over a hundred. Yes. I mean, these people live a long time. Yes. And uh, so he looked at yeah. why. Yeah. And there was several factors. I think one was mm-hmm. in, uh, in in the Mediterranean. One was yep. in the Philippines. One's in mm-hmm. Southern California. Yeah. Anyhow, yep. he says there's several factors, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. One was uh, they tend to eat a fairly uh, low meat diet, and they eat a lot of uh, like a Middle Eastern. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Vegetables, fruits. Right. Things. Uh, not a lot of meat. Number two, they're they're in community. Even if you're 110, they're still getting with their mm-hmm. friends, their relatives. They're not locked away in some room just watching TV yeah, all yeah. day long. No, no. Yeah. Uh, number there's number three is they still had activities. Yes. They did something. They knit. They painted. They had a garden. Number four, they had to deal with grief. Now that was a very important point because if you're going to live to 100 or 110. You're going to see a lot of people oh in your life yeah. pass away. And some people cannot deal with that. They just go in. I know a young man. I mean, he wasn't that old. I think he was mm-hmm. 50, maybe. Yeah. Not even, when his wife died. Yeah. But that, that was it for his life. He, he's like in a nursing home now. Yeah. He's only, you know, but I mean, he couldn't deal with that, the, the loss, you know. And the other is there's a spiritual component. Yeah. Now, they weren't all Christian, yeah. but they had some kind of spirituality in their life. Go on, David. Well, John, the other thing with suffering is, you know, look how we met. I mean, through challenges, right. where the conversion occurs. You know, um, you have a, non, a lot of non-believers become believers because they see how God has pulled them through very challenging times exactly right um and so that's part of it too and then when you become a christian you know it, it was funny when i first when i was baptized in lake erie um with Marilyn, and uh you know you've been mentoring me ever since i thought oh man this is going to be smooth sailing yeah, from right, here right, on right. out 
But you got to remember about the demonic beings that also are trying to mess with you and push you off center of staying focused on God. They want you to go back to the way way you were. Yeah. And Satan wants to kill, you know, maim, destroy, kill. Uh, and I'll tell you that um, when you get started, that's the importance of the community too. You have to be with other people when you're starting on your walk and even as you get through it. Exactly. Because there's so many times where you're going to be challenged because, again, uh, of the demonic realm, the supernatural realm, and you need that support structure. Yeah. Well, we have the three enemies yeah. are called the, the world, yep. the flesh, and the devil. And yeah. you could, you, we could, we'll do a show on that once. Yeah, that I might be a great two years ago. Yeah, that's, yeah, that'd be a good idea. But it's the idea that they overlap. And yeah. Sometimes people can equate it, well, right. this is from the devil, but it might right. be just the flesh and discipline, or it might be the allure of the world. Yeah. You know, when they say everything that happens in Vegas, well, not everything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. No. But that's the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was yeah. Babylon. That's yeah. Rome. Uh, but there is a real devil that's operational mm-hmm. that seeks to mislead and put people. Mal- and then there's the flesh. Again, if like a guy that smokes cigarettes yeah. uh, as a habit, you can't blame that necessarily the devil. It's not necessarily the world. All advertising mm-hmm. might make you want to smoke. It just could be he doesn't want to put himself under that discipline to break that habit. Yes. You see, so those these are we're going to do a show on that. And we can look at the the world. Of I flesh think that and the that's devil. a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And we could, because it was the comedian Flip Wilson that used to blame it on the devil. He said the devil made me do it. Remember that was a famous. Yes. Well, not really. Not always. It could be my own flesh. I don't want to be a disciple. I don't want to be disciplined. Right. Or it could be the world. We'll look at that because Paul says of one of his right hand men mm-hmm. left the mission team, and he says Demas has forsaken me. Having loved the present world, yeah. So he, he was attracted to the bright lights and the yeah. lifestyle, and he walked away yeah. from being a you know used of God. But the the the, the main thing is you know when you ask the question, so uh, why does evil exist now? You know, and why did it exist then? And, and, and I think it exists because God gave us true freedom, right, John? Because we're morally free. We have choices, right and wrong. If we want to smoke a cigarette, if right. we want to go you know, to this place we shouldn't be at, if we want to do drugs, I mean, that's really the reason evil exists, is he gave us free choice. Right. Here's the deal. Yeah. Man makes robots. God creates human beings. Yeah. So a robot is just going to do what you program right. it to do it. Now, granted, they're highly sophisticated right. today. We're moving in this whole artificial <clears throat> intelligence realm. But nevertheless, man makes robots that can just do yeah. what they can. What we program them. But God made human beings with that free will. Yes. Now, a tree just does a tree thing. Mm-hmm. A squirrel does. They have certain instincts. Yeah. They just do a squirrel thing. But when you have a human being, uh, when he created angels, right. they were what they call free moral agents. They can make choice. And and, and uh, we don't know. Maybe it seems like two-thirds sought to worship God and be you know, used of God. But a third, maybe with Satan, it's implied in Revelation 12, they left. They rebelled. The same thing on the earth today. Man can seek God and live for God and align his life with God's will or no, right. turn their back on God. Right. Because you cannot have true love without choice. Yes. They, they, a prisoner has no choice. You see, he goes to sleep at a certain time. He, he goes to the food line at a certain time. He does a certain amount of work. He has no free choice because he's. if you lived in North Korea, you have no, wherever there's mm-hmm. love, there's freedom of choice. Yeah. Do you understand that principle? Uh 
so too, God, I don't want to say he took a risk, but once he endowed human beings with free choice, yeah. that's why you have the two trees. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Yeah. But then you had thousands of other trees <clears throat> that were just like gorgeous, <clears throat> fruit and flowering. But this one tree, he says, don't. But it was binary. There's A, there's B. Choose A. But Adam and Eve chose. They're self-inflicted, right? And they opened the door and all that stuff swept in. Sin, death, Satan, and everything else. Look at when <laughs> Jesus is crucified. Yeah. A man on the right, man on the left. Right. This one mocks him. Why don't you get us off? What are you? Da, da, da. The other one says, "No. What we did, we're wrong. We're being rightly punished for what we did wrong. This man did nothing wrong." Then a little later, he says to Jesus, "Lord, remember me when you come right. into your kingdom." And Jesus says, "Thou this day you'll be." Yes. So there's the choice, just like it is today, David. Yeah, every know. day, every day is a day of salvation. Mm -hmm. Man has the freedom of choice, and I said it once. If you're 50 years old, that means you've had almost 20,000 days you woke up with a freedom to choose. And what does it say? God's mercies are new every morning. That's right. You think God's patient? You think he's long-suffering? Oh, very. Gives us thousands and thousands so. yeah. and thousands of days yep. to, to, to make the right choice. But yeah. if man doesn't, that's what Adam and Eve did. And that's... That's why there's this warning. If you look at Luke chapter 13, I want to show you. One of the purposes of suffering yeah. and death, it's a, it's a warning. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you. Luke chapter 13. Uh -huh. Luke chapter 13. So the one we saw was self-inflicted. That's what Adam right. and Eve, that was self-inflicted all the way down through the ages. And we see it today. Just read the newspaper. But look okay. at verse chapter 13 and verse um, 1 through 3. Now, there were some present at the time who told Jesus about the Galileans who, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. There. Stop. Okay. Yeah. Now look. So they're going along and... Um, they heard about what happened. We don't know exactly, but I think these Galileans had gone to Jerusalem for a feast day, right? Right. And what Pilate used to do, if he sensed rebellion or revolt, he would send soldiers in, in through the crowd with daggers. They just stab people. Right. And kill them. And that's why it says um, Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. See, yeah. they were there. He just killed randomly, yeah. randomly. Yeah. Almost like what a sniper does today, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, and look at this tragedy. And they're kind of thinking, well, maybe they did yeah. something wrong. But then Jesus says, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? Because they said, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. See, these calamities yeah. and this violence is a warning to us. Every time there's a tragic uh, uh, car mm -hmm. crash, yeah. there's whatever, it's, it lets us know. You remember the yeah. old poem, For Whom the Bell Tolls? Yes. Say, not for yeah. whom the bell tolls, the bells toll for thee. Well, it's that idea that, oh, wow, these guys probably did nothing wrong. They were doing something righteous, going to the temple, and that was their last day. Yeah. So yeah. Jesus says, don't focus on them, but focus on your own self. Are you a sinner? Are you right in relationship with God? Because your life could go like that. Yeah. Now look at the next two verses. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, 
Do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. See, he's thinking yeah. what they're thinking. Oh, they're, so one is a man-made death, violence. Right, right. They were stabbed, right? By pilots, soldiers. Yeah. The other is a man-made disaster. Yeah. They're probably building this tower mm -hmm. and it collapsed. Right. You know, mortar or something gave way. 18 people killed. And they're thinking, oh, I wonder, it's like karma. You know, people think bad things happen, you know, you must yeah. have done something bad. But Jesus is like reading their mind. He goes, you think these sinners are worse than... He says, no, you. Are you right? Because you could die like that. Yeah. See, he's putting it on... So my point being that sometimes tragedies and pain and loss can be a warning signal to us. Yeah. Like, how, how does my life shape up? Am I ready to face yeah. God? You know... You know, the hope is you go to sleep tonight, you're going to wake up right. tomorrow morning, right? Right. But we don't know. Yeah. You know, my old friend used to say, live each day as if it's your last, and one day you'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> see, <it's, laughs> but, I mean, you want to keep that's, short accounts. That's good advice. Right? You yeah. want to keep, if I have to extend forgiveness, if I owe somebody something, yeah. if I should be praying and I'm not praying, you know what right. I'm saying? It's a real yeah. good warning system. It is. It is. So that's the second. We see number one, it can glorify God. Yeah. Mm. Number two, suffering comes as a result of self-inflicted mm -hmm. suffering, and we see a lot of that today. It's sad to say, mm -hmm. um, God has created us in, a, in a, when He created Adam and Eve on the yeah. sixth day. He didn't just say it was good; He said it was yeah. very good. Yeah. God put us in a good planet to enjoy a flourishing life. And even in this fallen planet, yeah. we can still enjoy a, a, a good life. Now, that yeah. doesn't mean we're not going to get sick or lose oh, yeah. love. But nevertheless, the majority of life is good. If you really look back mm -hmm. over your life, it, it's good. But we tend to focus on those setbacks or that loss yeah. or that grief. I'm not minimizing it. But like I always use the thing of a whiteboard. And I have a big whiteboard. I put three dots up there with an easy marker, you know, red and green, yeah. and maybe yeah. a black mark. I said, what do you see up there? And people go, I see two marks. No, I see three marks. I says, but does anybody see the whiteboard? See, the white, we our attention is called, goes right to yeah. this and that. We don't see all the blessings. Yeah, and, you know, if you take a look at... Um, uh, I like Romans 5, 3, 4, 2 in terms of suffering. Uh, quotes, not only... So, but we also, um, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Ah, oh, there you go. And David. you know, you, you know, when I thought about that, when you brought that up to me, the other thing you always told me, because you know, I, I had some issues in the past where I kept looking in the rearview mirror. Mm -hmm. and what did you tell me? You said, Dave. Look how small the rearview mirror is. Right. Now, look at the front rearview mirror. Windshield. Very similar to your your uh, board, um, uh, you know, metaphor there. But I, I got to tell you, looking back, I think too uh, is part of the devil's plan, because when you are focused on the bad things you did, the mistakes you made. It is extremely hard to get out of that chair. It paralyzes yeah. you. Oh, yeah. and, and you don't think you're good enough to be a follower of Christ. Uh, you don't think you're good enough to, to shake off the past. But again, we talked about this, and, and this is extremely important. We are a new race under Christ. Exactly right. And what that means is you have shed your old body, your old spirit, your old skin, everything. Mm -hmm. You're a new race. 
So you're not looking in the mirror at the same person. So forget about the dead shell. You've got to. The skeleton that you have left behind as a non-believer. And from there, that's where I think it helps me when I get into stride. Or, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. There's always problems. There's always issues when you're raising a family with your business, with, you know, whatever it might be. You know, stuff that goes on in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you realize that you are starting from ground zero in a good way and, you know, that you have Christ with you, you can pray through stuff. Right. He's resourced us. Yes. He's given us resources that we weren't conscious of before we were believers. That's why I tell believers, salvation, I mean, it's amazing grace that we're saved, okay, and forgiven. Mm -hmm. But there's so much more than just that. You see what I'm saying? I mean, there's peace, but there's also power. The Holy Spirit empowers you. Now you learn how to pray. Now, as you said earlier, I can be with friends. I can be in community, like-minded people. I can start learning scripture. I can lead somebody else. We're going to look at that in a moment, another person suffering. Yeah. But to your point on this letting go of the past, yes. big problem, Christians, hold on to the past. Yes. Here's what it says in Isaiah 1, verse 18. God says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet. That was like the darkest mm-hmm. dye of a color in cloth was scarlet, a deep red. They shall be as white as snow. Though they be like red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So the most darkest of sin, you know, will now be as white as as wool yes. or as snow. Yeah. And so that's a yeah. cleansing that people have. But I love how God says, come, let's reason together. It's like a father yeah. with a son who's gone off the rails or something. It, it, John, you know, I, I want to read this about God because, you know, I hear this so much now with all this craziness. You know, you're. I, we were just listening uh, to this one podcast and they're talking about Canada doing stuff in terms of, you know, uh, allowing people to decide if they want euthanasia. And it's not just related to if you have a serious disease anymore. You see all this stuff going on right, with, right. With, with political issues, race, and the whole thing. And you got when you go back, when you're a believer, you realize, like it says in Exodus 34, 6, 7, God proclaims a statement about his own character. He says he is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, and is full of love and faithfulness. He forgives all sins, but is also just. Whatever is happening around us, a reminder of God's character is important because it stays the same all the time. And we forget that um, the second person in the Trinity, Jesus, gave up his, you know, he gave up heaven to come down to save us. Mm-hmm. We f- it, this is kind of like if your team wins the Super Bowl, I like football. Are you not going to see that or celebrate that? Christ did a lot more than win the Super Bowl. Right. He defeated evil. Right. So for people to go backwards when they're suffering, when they're in pain, to not acknowledge that he came down, we've already won the battle. But until we're up in heaven, we're still going to have to mess around with those crazy you know, mosquitoes, you know, the supernatural right, right. Um, and everything else. But that's really where you need your community, you need prayer, uh, and you need other people around you to get you through it. But but we can't forget, regardless of what's going on in the world, is it really that much different than 2,000 years ago when Christians were getting killed and there was, you know, the Roman Empire? It's just different. Right, John? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Similar but different. Actually, the world statistically today, there's more Christians suffering persecution 
and imprisonment, even in the, the first mm -hmm. and second century, because there's countries, they flat out, they won't yeah. even allow you in or a Bible in, but if you convert yes. and you're part of that population, you can yeah. lose your work, yep. you can be imprisoned, you can be killed. It's mm -hmm. just what it is. Now, um, so we looked at a couple. Number one, yeah. suffering as a way of glorifying God. You know, we, there's several. Number two, suffering can be self-inflicted. Yes. And we see that all over the place, starting with Adam and Eve. That was a self-inflicted wound. They made that choice. Man has the power of choice. Yeah. And it's sad to say, especially when you see these drug deaths today, you know, this fentanyl yes. and, and that whole culture where somebody wants the drug and then somebody sells and then somebody gets shot. And, you know, all of those choices mm -hmm. keep moving in that direction, you know, uh, where God wants us to live life yeah. and to have a good life. So that's that's another reason. The other reason is it's a warning yeah. to say, hey, don't go down that road or a warning. Are you prepared to die? Well, you go, well, I'm only 26 years old. Doesn't matter. I mean, they think the average age at the Twin Towers that day was mm. 35. Mm. Uh, you know, they're going That's up with their right. Starbucks yeah. coffee and right. laptop computers, getting on right. a lot of tech people, a lot of uh, financial people. Bankers, the whole thing. Going yeah. up. Yeah. They didn't think that was there. They're planning, yeah. I'm going to go to the club tonight or I'm right. going to go to the baseball game right. or a football game. It was in the autumn, right? You know, yeah. so. But it was their last mm -hmm. day. And so, you know, every day is a gift. So that's another reason. It's a warning. It's a kind of like be prepared warning. But God willing, we want to live a long life. We do. Another reason is we're going to look at is look at 2 Corinthians chapter <clears throat> chapter 1. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And if, uh, if you have that, David, uh, 2 yep. Corinthians chapter 1. And if you read... Um, verse 2 through 4. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. You see that? What's yeah, going on there? I sure do. How would you describe that? What, notice, notice the title of God. God of all comfort. Yes. That's an interesting title. So one of the big things that, that we, we addressed before is when you have suffering, you want to suffer in a community. Mm. And I, th I think about the church. I think about in Galatians 6.2, Apostle Paul said, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Right. By also doing that, you are bringing God's love of compassion and comforting them while they're suffering. And so is, isn't that what we're modeling here? Yeah, because yeah. He, what, what's interesting here is where he says that we might be able to comfort those who are in yes. any trouble right. with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted. So check, it's like this. Mm -hmm. Chuck Colson is on the top of the heap. He's a mm -hmm. counsel at the White House under the mm -hmm. Nixon administration. Mm -hmm. Big time stuff. Yeah. He gets taken down in Watergate. He ends up in a federal prison in Pennsylvania. He's sweeping a floor mopping floors, a guy witnesses to him, he gets a New Testament, he becomes a believer. He's in prison. Yeah. He gets out, but that prison experience would lead him to start the biggest prison ministry in the world and to prisoners' children yeah. at Christmas time. Right. He was, see, because somebody comforted him in that prison cell, came to him with the love of God and the gospel, 
he now comforts those yes. with the same comfort he had received. Right. That's why often alcoholics mm -hmm. that come to Christ and they mm -hmm. get saved mm -hmm. and delivered, they become an excellent way to share the gospel with alcoholics. You yeah. see, they're comforted. They got through it. Somebody helped them. God saved them. And they still stay in their wheelhouse. And, it, and they have a very credible way yeah. to comfort those with the same comfort they receive going through their experience it's it's kind of like the thing i always i always told our kids be around people where you want to be right and you know so the the you know one of the big things too and we've talked about being in a church but a church is meant to be a refuge for those that are suffering you know the church applies bandages in a perfect world you know they're there for that we're supposed to be one body but it's also figuring out when you're going down different paths that maybe are hurting you uh, and you're not doing the right things, that's when you want to focus now on, on the new groups, the people that you know can feed into you and are doing the similar things right. that you are right. to help you say no yeah. to the world's addictions and whatever else. Yeah. So you got to pull yourself out and it, it is hard to get away from old groups. It is extremely hard. But once you walk, and instead of just looking over the fence, you jump over the fence, you embrace it, and then you start to do it for a little while, you will never look in the rearview mirror That's back right. because yeah. you realize, oh, my gosh, why did I wait so long? Yeah, exactly. Right? right you know, right. just like having you as a mentor and, you know, doing this show every week um, and being able to uh, take the knowledge from the show and your mentorship to help others. That's it. That's, that is much better than having a... Uh, and you know a buzz of some other you know addiction <laughs> yeah. it, it is so much better uh, and, and it's long term and it really changes you oh it changes you, know you know for I mean? sure yeah and you know you know when you notice it if you go to like a high school reunion yes or you get oh, together with man. people you haven't seen in 20 years yes and and it's really interesting what they talk about you know, I always said it's, and I really like it with my old friends in the sense I'm trying to share the gospel or what right, right. they knew yeah. me back then. Yeah. But they talk about the old days. Yeah. I'm not that interested in the past. I'm interested in the future because our life is running out here. You know, I mean, you know, we're going towards that final day, and I'm I'm trying to figure. I don't want to, I don't want to keep talking about the past, but I want to know about the future and their lives and my future, and but that's where you notice the difference. Yes. Like, man, I used to speak like that, but by the grace yeah. of God, I used to do those things, yeah. but by the grace of God. And you realize, you know, we're saved, yeah. you know. Well, and, and I think, John, don't you think that's a reflection on the fact that they don't see a future as they get older? That's a good point. I mean. That's, this is all there is. I, I mean, for us, you know, I, I like what you said the other day at your class where you said, you know, um, yeah, you know, we're all getting older. Um, you know, we're starting to shed our, um, our physical body, but our spiritual body, when you're walking in the Word, continues to be refined and is growing and is getting stronger every day. So if you don't have that, all you're seeing in the mirror is the dead skeleton we left behind in the old race right. when we were non-believers. And now as a new believer, the future is so bright to think about eternal happiness with God, our Father, and Christ, and the Holy Spirit, oh, and yeah. our loved ones, uh, you know, 
What a visual that is. You or know, just so yeah. Go down the whiteboard and list right. all the answer prayers you've yes. seen in the past five yeah. years. Am right. I right? You oh just, yeah. There's so many benefits. Yes. I, you know, it's curious. Th that's actually the breadcrumbs on the path. Yeah. To keep you on the path. Yeah, it's a reassurance. And so, you know, you're right about that because some of the stuff that we have prayed for over the years, I, if I worked a hundred years, I couldn't have pulled it no, off. It's true. I couldn't have pulled it off. Yeah, it's really yeah. true. You know, so so. The, the point being that, talking about life and, and ultimate value, I remember there was this beer commercial years ago. It showed these three or four guys, they're on a river or a yeah. lake, and it's night, and they caught some fish, and they're cooking it, and they yeah. got these Budweiser's or some beer, <laughs> and they opens it, and the one guy goes, it doesn't get any better than this. I mean, that was it. I mean, you hope it would get better than just drinking yeah. a beer around a campfire. Yeah, right. I mean, that's okay, yeah. but it's got to get better. Yeah. Just that, yeah. You know, and, but that was like, is that the, all the, you know, which goes to that old song, is that all there is to life? Yes. Then keep on mm -hmm. dancing. Mm -hmm. Is that all there? No, mm -hmm. that's not all there is. There's so much more to life, and we're just getting a foretaste here. Yeah. Through relationships, through answer to prayer, through yeah. wisdom. Uh, but you know, uh, and to your point, you know, I, I was watching that video you were talking about Billy Graham uh, before the show, and. Uh, one of his uh, team members that was here recently, and um, you know, and, and I, I was watching his video when he was 91 or 92 yeah. when he cut that, yeah. and he said, you know what, um, and this was when he was dying, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It, this was shortly before he died, and you could tell he was struggling to talk, but he said, the biggest thing I can tell you, kind of his message to right, us, right. is I have meaning in my life now. Oh. I have purpose. I know where I'm going. I know what, I know what it's about. Those are all the life's questions uh, that get answered yeah. when you become a Christian. Well, hands down. I mean, all these people are reading all these different books. They're taking all these adventures. Hey, if I climb Mount Everest right. and I look down, maybe I'll figure out what, what my purpose is. Oh, yeah, is. yeah. It, 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 Billy Graham said it perfectly. If you guys ever want to see that video, you could probably pull it up. But it is so true. It is well, so true. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. look at the world today look at yeah. celebrities okay oh, yeah and their lives how right. many divorces oh. children drug problems uh, early suicide deaths. attempts yeah. early deaths mm -hmm. uh, trouble with the law so they got celebrity they got money they got looks they got whatever the world has to offer now those things can all be used for good but when that becomes the thing right it's empty it's, it's empty. cotton candy man totally. it looks like it's going to be good and it just whew, you're absolutely right not, but to, to have real relationships with god and with other people to know, same thing, let's look at, we're in 2 Corinthians. Turn to 2 Corinthians 5, this idea of helping others now that we've been helped. 2 Corinthians yeah, 5? Same uh, okay, book on. we were in. Um, but he makes a very interesting um, thing here, uh, you know, verse okay. 17 and 18. Verse 17 and 18? Mm -hmm. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God. There it is. The new, yes. Okay. Like now. we were talking about the new man. Exactly. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Notice that? He's reconciled us to God. Now he's given us this gift that we can share with people, a friend, whatever, whatever, how to be reconciled. He's given this. Uh, this is a tremendous opportunity oh, to know yeah. that you can say something to somebody that changed their eternity. Now look yeah. at the next verse. Okay. So Next um, two verses. Yeah. The old gun, uh, all this is from God who reconciled us 
to himself through Christ, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. There you go. Now next verse. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Do you see what that's saying? Yeah. It's saying God is speaking through us. Once you've been reconciled yeah. to God, you become a yeah. true believer. He, he can speak through you to, to reach other people to bring them to God. That's a powerful thing. You know, it is. It, to know it, that you can say yeah, something yeah. Or, or help somebody and you can change their whole eternity and their family by God's grace. So, John, you know, this obviously begs the question. So when you read this verse and you think about broken relationships in your life, you know, um, if there's people that were harmful to you, mm -hmm. d does that apply here? Or are there certain things that you know you're you're trying not to reconcile because you're pretty certain those situations haven't changed? Well, this reconciliation here, because it's yeah. in such we're an ambassador. Well, right. ambassador represents a king right. that goes and tries to yeah. work a peace treaty right. or whatever. But he's suggesting here, okay, like okay, you I, let's say I'm far away from God. Right. I'm a sinner. I'm yeah. out there. I don't know nothing spiritual yeah then I, I've come to God he's reconciled me made things right with me and God but he's also given me the ministry of reconciliation yeah. that through me it says I can reach out and by God's grace bring somebody to God reconcile that person to God that's a part I mean you know what it's like David you can talk to like the, the guy that you know at the tailor shop or this one mm -hmm. and you can talk words and all of a sudden they're mm -hmm. thinking you don't know how it's going to turn out, but if he comes to Christ yeah. genuinely and his life is changed and then his children start changing yeah. and fellow employees, one or two, your ministry of reconciliation of all has this ripple effect yeah. because it's God in you, yes. but you're willing to be used of God to be an ambassador. Yeah, it's, it's the very seeds. powerful. Yeah. It's very powerful. But, yeah, so when I think about some relationships that I haven't reconciled, it's primarily because I think they're non-reconcilable and that individual hasn't changed. So well, that's a different thing. Yeah. That's forgiveness issues. Yeah, that's Reconciliation means you're, you're bringing this person to Christ. But if you, um, so if there's something in your life where you're on the outs with, yeah, there's been a right. misunderstanding, there's yes. been a real grievance, right? Yeah. What you're doing is, number one, the one thing you can always do, David, is pray. Yeah. You can say, Lord, I don't know how this, this knot can be undone. It's this a lot of history here, a lot of hurt here, but I'm praying for yeah. this person, right. Joe Smith. Okay, I'm praying, change my heart, change their heart. Somehow, you know, you may have opportunity, you may not have opportunity, but what you want to do is release it from your heart. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you can carry it. Yeah. It's what's known as a root of bitterness. Right. Oh, yeah. That's a whole study in itself. Yeah, See, well, a root of bitterness is simply yeah. frozen anger. Right. It's a person takes it in. It could be a small insult, but over time it can grow. And a, and a root starts small, right? In your right. backyard, a root starts small. But a root, mm -hmm. when it really grows, it can crack a stone. Can it not? It gets in there and it can crack yes. a stone. So you want to try to... Reconciliation is one thing. Forgiveness is another. Now, this reconciliation here is talking about God using you to reconcile somebody to God. To be reconciled to another person, that, that means to make things right. You make things right. Offer forgiveness, mm -hmm. extend forgiveness, pray for that person. It's a big topic, but we do know it's like one of the primary things. For example, uh, we'll start wrapping it up on yeah. this. Where Jesus prays, 
and our Father, when he says, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. In other words, wounded me. Forgive me, God. You forgive me first. Now help me to, I forgive those people that did me wrong. Uh, then the very next thing he says, then lead us not into temptation, but the, because that can get you into, uh, it can open a door for the enemy to get in a wedge there. Do you see what I'm saying? That's a big study, but it's, but that's why the, it's the only thing that Jesus puts an addendum on, the Our Father. Mm. He says, you must forgive yeah. because I've forgiven you. And then he gives the parable that you are forgiven uh, $100 million. You owe this debt. You say, right, I can't right, pay right, it. I don't right. know. And the guy, uh, I'm going to write it off. And you go out and you find one of his servants that owes you 50 bucks. And you're starting, I want that money. Give me that money. You see what I'm saying? And the, the owner hears about it. He goes, what? You see, then he's going to, we've been forgiven a yeah. big debt. Therefore, we oh, should uh, be able to forgive in comparison a little debt. Yeah. But the whole topic is very interesting, David. Yeah. I think next week, uh, I like this Job study. And here, uh -huh. I thought what we'll do is look at Jesus in the book of Job. Jesus says, search the scriptures for they testify me. Okay. There's many characteristics of Job in this book. Okay, and, uh, let's that do we, that. And then the week after that, let's look at the flesh, the world, and the devil. Okay. And see how those three that spheres great. I like that. can uh, interfere with having a victorious Terrific. Life. And a lot of people confuse the one for the other. Yeah. They may blame it on the devil, but it might not be the devil. We'll show how the devil uses strategies to gain entry. Okay, David. Wonderful. God bless you. Hey, everybody. Have a great week, and uh, God bless all of you. Thank you for listening.